Actual Fluency Podcast, episode 30 with Luca Lampariello. Welcome to the Actual Fluency Podcast, the podcast that gives you the tools and inspiration to learn languages faster and more efficiently. And now your host, Chris Broholm. All right, everyone, it's time for the big one. It's episode 30. It's yet another milestone for the Actual Fluency Podcast. And I just want to say thank you, guys. Like, seriously, this podcast would not have happened without the following that you guys provide the the fans you are the reason i'm doing these episodes and i'm so excited to bring you a new episode every week and this week is something truly special not only is it episode 30 which you know many podcasts don't make it past episode 7 i believe something i read uh, some time ago and Secondly, I have one of the most amazing and incredible language learners in the entire world on the show today. And I'm talking, of course, of none other than Luca Lampariello. And if you've been in the language learning community for more than a day, you would definitely have heard of Luca. I first met Luca, well, I didn't meet him in real life, but I met him on YouTube a handful of years ago when I was kind of stuck in a rut and I was trying to figure out what I wanted to do with my life. And I watched some of his videos on YouTube where he, you know, spoke in several different languages and he casually just, you know, switched between them. And it was very impressive. And he also had lots of kind of tutorial style videos where he went over his way of, t- of kind of learning a language or how to do this or how to do that. And although I wasn't really in a place uh, both... Uh, well, I could say physically and also mentally to start learning languages on my own back then. It was really, it was definitely planting a seed in the back of my mind that this was something that I would really love to do. And it was really exciting to think about it. Sadly, it would take me some five or six years before I, well, definitely a a handful of years before I would get into it. But this just shows you the power of this, uh, of Luca that I'm, I'm having on today. And I got into a great interview with him. You know, the, the challenge of interviewing really famous people in this industry is that they, they would have been interviewed tons of times before and all the questions would have probably been answered. So every time I, I have people on who are pretty well known in the community, I always try to ask a little bit outside the box. I always try to think of, you know, questions that would elicit answers that are not just like well what's your favorite audio course or how many hours do you study per day you know that's not really that's not really that interesting so what I got into with Luca is actually a lot of meta subjects a lot of more not how to learn a language but how to structure your time we got into a lot of time management which was really cool and we also got into the kind of the spiritual advantages of learning a language like what do you actually gain out of it what's the reason and most importantly I guess what is the polyglot dream which is the title of his blog and I was curious to know what that meant for Luca and maybe the polyglot dream is something uh, for you as well uh, for me we all have our different definitions but Lucas definitions was particularly cool and I think you will enjoy it later in the interview but before we move on to the interview I just want to quickly say that my newest podcast bundle is finally ready for you guys to go and check out and basically the bundle is a collection of the first 25 episodes and it's bundled up with a ton of bonus features and 
some of the bonus features are exclusive to the bundle and behind the scenes um, I've recorded some special episodes some special videos that shows you how I do the podcast behind the scenes there's also videos of previous interviews that haven't been released anywhere and there's also a, a bonus interview with Luca uh, after we recorded this podcast interview I asked him if he would say some extra stuff for the VIP guests and he he didn't mind. I mean, he's a very friendly guy. So we sat down and we talked about some really serious topics, some, you know, mental uh, benefits of learning languages. But basically, all this wonderful bundle is available. And it, it's it's a way for you guys to support the show as well as getting a lot of, you know, bonus features. It's kind of like buying a DVD where, you know, you have the movie on one disc, and then you have the bonus features on, a, on another disc. And I personally love bonus features. And I hope that you will love the bonus features that I have created here for you. Uh, in the Actual Fluency podcast bundle. To check out the bundle, you simply go to actualfluency.com forward slash bundle. And there will be a little video explaining what it is if you want to watch it. Otherwise, you just click the buy now link. And as a special, special, special offer, you know, the specials keep coming. I want to offer the first five people who buy the bundle with the coupon code italki, I-T-A-L-K-I, you will get a 20% discount and I will also throw in a italki voucher for a free lesson of your choice up to $10. So that means that if, you're, if you've been waiting to take advantage of italki to learn a new foreign language, you know, I'll give you the first lesson basically. But this is for five people only and you have to go to actualfluency.com forward slash bundle then click add to add to cart and then once it's in the cart you can apply the italki coupon which will also shave five dollars off the price so you know i really appreciate any feedback you might have for this and uh, as as i said in the beginning thank you for being part of the show and i hope you enjoyed this interview with luca lampariello All right. Well, this is it, ladies and gentlemen. Hold on to your seats. This episode is the big one. <laughs> Today, I'm delighted to welcome Mr. Luca Lampariello onto the show. And although he requires no introduction, I think I'll give him a little one anyway. He speaks a ton of languages and has been a leading figure in the Polyglot community, teaching us how to learn languages just a little bit better every day. And he's also writing on his amazing blog, thepolyglotdream.com. Mr. Lampariello, how are you doing today? I'm doing great uh chris thank you for the lovely introduction yeah no problem you deserve <laughs> it man and uh, you're back in rome yeah i'm back in rome um very happy to be here the weather is absolutely fantastic today i'm gonna go for a walk and uh, everything is is just fantastic how's the weather in denmark I always ask about the weather <laughs> yeah exactly I, I think that's a great conversation starter it's uh, <laughs> it's sunny uh, unusually sunny and uh, but it's a little bit windy so uh, yeah don't uh, go it's kind of strange because i do remember that it was in, in Denmark, uh, one it's like a month ago or something, but we were together. Do you remember that mm-hmm. you had these like shower, rain showers all of a sudden, and it was kind of cold? How's how's the weather now? Like it's it's, it's warmer. Well, not uh, generally, but today it's better than when you were here. Wow! So I was not very lucky then no. in August. Was, okay, <laughs> gotcha. But but hey, I still enjoyed the, the sky when it was clear. There were a couple of days when it was beautiful anyway, and I really like being in Nor- in, in Denmark and in Sweden. You know, as usual. Awesome. awesome. 
awesome. Well, look, you know, one of the biggest questions that I actually thought about uh, when I was thinking about you, and, and obviously you get interviewed a lot, so it's actually difficult to, you know, get some unique twists, but one of the questions that I've had for a while is, what is exactly your kind of idea or definition of the Polyglot Dream, which, the dream, which is the name of your uh, blog? Hmm. Interesting question. Nobody had ever asked me that question before. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> well, the Polyglot Dream... For me, the polygon dream means to live the life, to live a, a fantastic life through languages. Now, one might say that you don't need to speak multiple languages to have a fantastic life. That's also true. But I believe that the more languages you speak and the, the, the broader your horizons are in life, because you understand more, you understand people better, you understand cultures, you understand where you stand. Um, a lot of people take for granted that they live in a unique world. And, uh, you know, for example, Italians, they live in Italy and they think that a lot of people think like them. Well, it's absolutely not the case. Um, I believe that if you speak multiple languages, uh, you might live multiple lives at the same time. This is the polygon dream, living multiple lives in just one body in one life. Doesn't it sound cool? Wow. Yeah, it, it, it does sound cool. And <laughs> when, when did you come up with the with that kind of, it's a kind of a grand vision, isn't it? Did you have that at the beginning of your language learning kind of journey or, or did that come as you were kind of going through it? I gotta tell you the truth, my life, uh, my, my vision about life, my vision about how to learn languages, how to acquire languages, how to talk to people has changed, has been evolving and still is evolving um, in the last uh, 10 or 20 years because I've been learning languages for 20 years. So I didn't have this like idea at the beginning, but the more I've been delving into languages, into different cultures, into traveling, I've been finding out more and more uh, exhilarating aspects of being multilingual it, it it's simply cool to be <laughs> multilingual you know you can you can speak i was thinking about it when i was in denmark you can speak english uh, to a lot of people you can use english to communicate with um, scandinavians but speaking swedish this is just one example opens a lot of doors you understand how people think and through swedish you can understand a lot about denmark in, in about denmark about danish in a way uh, obviously danish and swedish and norwegian are different languages but at the same time they belong to a a common culture if you it, this might sound trivial but if you can speak the language uh, one of the local languages then you have access an amazing access to uh, amazing access to a different way of seeing the world but you st you really understand it. it's not just okay I read a guide touristic guide about Scandinavia and now I understand no if you speak the language people Scandinavians themselves will talk differently to you and probably they will talk about certain things that you would normally not talk about to foreigners one glaring example of this is nusa you know uh, old people a lot of people in sweden is nusa i don't know if you say that like that in, in uh, life or yeah it's about the same we, it's not very popular in denmark though and we kind of make fun of the swedes for it but yeah we know but, we know what it is <laughs> but you, you know what it is so for example if you say um i still remember i watched the i was watching a swedish movie when i still couldn't speak swedish and i saw these guys putting these things under their like their gums and stuff oh, what's going on i was like uh, Okay, now this is like, uh, so 
for snusser, for people who don't know, snusser is just, you know, a tobacco thing that you put under, in your mouth in order not to smoke because it's so cold in Scandinavia that you, when you have to smoke a cigarette, the best solution is just to stay inside and not smoke it. <laughs> so you put this thing, a tobacco thing under your, um, in, in your mouth, so to say, under, under your gums. Um, but this is just one example to say, oh, and you can have a conversation about snusser and you can understand, oh, this is very special of Scandinavia. Now you might say, well, you know, it's just about smoking. But there are tiny little things you, that you can discuss in Swedish if you know Swedish and and it, it, it does make a difference in the way you perceive the uh, the culture and also the way you enjoy the Scandinavian culture once you're there. This is my idea. This is the reason why I call it the polygon dream. Awesome. And I guess this uh, kind of ties back to that famous Mandela quote that keeps being tossed around all the time about, you know, if you know a, a man's language, you, you, you can connect to his, his soul, his heart, not just his, you know, understanding brain. Absolutely. Absolutely. He, I, But I love the man. And I love his quote. It has to be done, right? You can't just. That's kind of the little, uh, I guess, caveat we have to put in that if you if you haven't started learning that second language or a new language and just used it, you don't really know what what we're discussing right now. You kind of have to do it yourself, even though they know that what you stand for and what you you've accomplished and stuff. Of course, they believe you, but it's something you have to try for yourself, isn't it? Well, to fully understand the scope, to fully understand how it feels to speak a foreign language to a certain level and embrace a culture, you have to live it, of course. That's the reason why I say the polygon dream. The polygon dream is the dream. A dream is something to be fulfilled. And I think that um, in order to really understand it, you have to live it, mm-hmm. you know, absolutely. So, and, and it's not a dream, actually. It's like polygon dream is more like a vision. Um, it's within reach. Everybody can do that. And now you might say, well, you know, the polygon's saying on online that uh, everything is easy and you can do it too. It's actually true that you can do it too you know uh, if you know how to do it with the internet i was thinking last um last week i was thinking that the internet is really a treasure trove for a polyglot but also for a person who wants to learn a lot of languages you can do pretty much everything if you know how to organize your time and how to search for uh sensible reli- reliable information on the internet so it's not like 30 years ago where you didn't we didn't have anything you had to go to the library and spend a lot of money for a book mm-hmm. with cassettes you know now you now you can really do anything and it's also about traveling you can travel to scandinavia for if you're lucky you can find like 30 euro and you can go to scandinavia you can talk to a friend of yours who can host you everything is become so much easier so why not take advantage of of a world that really offers in offers language learners a lot a lot a lot of possibilities exactly and and do you feel that the community sort of the i mean we keep referring to this community but what i mean is the people online are gathering in communities of language learners of aspiring polyglots do you feel that this growth in this community feeling is also because of the internet is becoming easier and it's becoming more popular or do you think it's kind of just like a, a natural development of society itself mm, i i think it's a uh, it's it's a development of society but i think them first and foremost it's about the internet it's like posting a, you know everybody can post a, a video saying hi i speak a few languages and then another person will send them him or her a message because they find his 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 or her video interesting and say hey let's team up you want to have a chat on skype and then these two people will contact 
to another one, three, four, five, and that's that's how it grows. And then all of a sudden, somebody comes up with the idea of um, creating a conference about it or a gathering like the one that happened in Berlin, and 200 people show up. What was amazing about Berlin is that you you just realize you find yourself in a room full of these people who speak a lot of languages, are extremely passionate, and you tell yourself, "Wow, actually, I thought I was the only loner learning languages, but actually, there's a lot of geeks like me." You know, I, I, I just call it geeks, but in reality, it's just, you know, passionate people who are very passionate about what they're doing, languages. And there's a ton of people like that in the world. So the Internet gives us this possibility of finding out about people while in the 80s or like in when the Internet didn't exist. We were not conscious that the world was full with um, is full of these people. It's just that we didn't didn't know about it. The Internet just makes us more conscious of of things happening in life and of, of some things that are there but that we don't see right I, I think that's a perfect uh, it's so beautiful isn't it and it seems like the world in general is becoming more tolerable as well and more open to foreign kind of cultures and trying out different things and being more um, I guess just accepting that people are different it's not the you don't live in your own country and just have your own mindset you get inputs from everywhere well let, let me put it this way the internet is and, and this goes for language learning as well the internet is just an instrument it can uh can it can be used for good purposes or for disastrous purposes for bad purposes for evil purposes uh, take for example for language learning it's an amazing it's an amazing instrument but it's also used to spawn and to spread uh, evil like for example this has been happening uh you know recently uh, so recently and it's been happening since the internet was born so it, it's up to us to use the internet in a, in a good way or in a bad way uh, you can in, in insofar as language learning is concerned you can decide if you can spend your time if you can use your time to uh, for example search for some resources and then use them or you can decide to spend your time talking about <laughs> internet polyglots in some forums <laughs> you know it's totally up to you what do you do with the internet my my idea is that the that the most important piece of advice that I can give to people people want to learn languages is learn how to use the internet and learn how to get to collect gather material that's the that's the first point then you will use you will learn how to use them you know exactly do you think that the internet is kind of like a more easy or effective way of learning languages or are we developing new and unique methods because of the internet it's it's both you i, I still believe that i used to learn languages effectively even when the internet was not around what I believe in uh, every time I talk about something is a combination of things is what really makes a difference now if we think back to about for example famous polyglots in uh, uh, Mezzofanti comes to mind uh, he didn't have the internet and yet he learned so many languages so it doesn't mean that if you don't have the internet uh, you're screwed <laughs> so to say sorry for the bad word uh, but uh, at the same time I believe that now that we have the internet we have to make good use of it. Now, the internet is an amazing tool, but you have to remind yourself, Chris, and we all have to remind ourselves that the internet is also a big waste of time if we don't use it uh, correctly. Yeah. Imagine the amount of hours that you or me or anybody else has spent on YouTube, for example. I don't know if it happened to you, but it did happen to me that I spent five hours watching YouTube videos one after the other. You know, you see the column there and you say, okay, let's click on this. This looks interesting and then you say you tell yourself i spend the whole day watching youtube videos this is absolutely not good you feel useless in this 
Uh, so it's 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 about deciding, you know, how you're going to use the internet. Um, what can people it has do in kind of practical terms, like for, to to make sure that they actually don't fall into those traps? Because I can definitely relate to to that. You know, you see a video about you see an actually useful video, like something you want to know about, and then there's like the related about a cat or Steve Jobs dying, or you know, you just keep going. What 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 is it that in our minds that we have to tell ourselves that? Or do we structure our time on the internet? What 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 would you do practically in in this case? Okay, well, first, um, the the reason why you act that way and I act that way is simply because the internet is addictive. You know, you can do whatever you want. So it's like um, a bear in a room full of honey. You know, right. <laughs> just could spend hours and hours eating the honey. Um, what I would do um, is to go on the internet with a precise purpose and with a set uh, with a set time. Uh, let's suppose that you're learning Russian, or you are learning Russian, I yeah, think. Exactly, yeah. <laughs> so um, tell yourself you can write it on the calendar. At 11.30, you're going to, no, 9.30, okay? Well, I'm not a morning person, but you might wake up at 8, let's say at 8. You wake up at 8, and you tell yourself, okay, I have breakfast, and after that, from 8.30 to 9, I have the precise purpose, I'd have the, the precise goal to watch a YouTube video or do something with the internet, 30 minutes, collect material, whatever you want to uh, whatever it is okay has to be precise so my idea is like set set sets goals and set a time i want to use the internet from 9 to 9 30 because of this because if you turn on the computer without thinking then that's the moment it all goes downhill from 9 10 11 12 13 and say oh it's time to eat and then you watch other couple of videos and then the day that the sun has gone down and you feel like an idiot wow yeah that is, that's so true I I'm just th- kind of thinking back to the days where that has happened. That exact thing has happened. It happened to all of us, you know. <laughs> this is like learning to ride the bicycle or whatever with the internet. You have to go through these things to understand that you, where you where you're standing and what you want to do with the internet. And sometimes, even if I'm conscious of the fact that it, it can be a big waste of time, sometimes you know I indulge in, in it. I just happen to to spend time with that in saying, okay, I'm just started watching this and I will watch it till the end. Then I will watch something else. It does happen. You don't have to feel that guilty if you do it on a daily basis it can get dangerous because what really counts and when you want to if you want to be a successful person is your routine if your routine is stained with um you know youtube i'm not just talking about youtube because i've been talking about youtube but there's a ton of distractions out there yeah, facebook reddit twitter uh, <laughs> facebook is, is an email reddit twitter you you name it you know it's full of obstacles there it's just uh, i think that if a person really knows how to use their time accordingly and how to use the internet just to search for information that they want obviously once again you can spend some time watching a documentary why not or something else that interest that caught the eye while you were searching for something else but it doesn't have to be the rule right. it has to be the exception and it shouldn't preferably be in the study time or the serious time frame. exactly and if you have a study time if you if you if it's set in stone so to say if you decide okay um this week i'm gonna have this time scheduled then you're gonna stick to it then the internet you have to know what you but my suggestion is if set some goals and then set 
set a time schedule for the week that you're going to follow more or less because without a time schedule without a goal you're just like a boat in the middle of the ocean and in the middle of a storm you know yeah exactly well that's fantastic actually and i i think it's one of those meta concepts that we don't really get to talk about a lot because a lot of the focus in the language learning is about your methods and particular books or what to do in the time but actually talking about kind of spending your time in the first place i think is something that's often overlooked so i'm, I'm glad you brought this up well time management is everything as i always say it's not just what you do and how you do it counts but when you do it counts as as much as the other two so you have to organize your time like okay i know i have the know-how i know what to do now it's time to organize a schedule without a schedule you wake up you can spend like two hours in russian because you're like enthusiastic that day but then uh, the other day you spend the whole day on on youtube and you feel down or you feel guilty because you spend the whole day doing practically nothing for your russian so if you tell yourself okay one hour russian today one hour russian tomorrow etc it's going to do much better what really counts in language learning um, what really really counts is that you do things every single day maybe even 10 minutes but if you keep at it and this is actually the most difficult thing for a lot of language learners including myself recently it's difficult to start to study or to to, to read or to learn every single day mm -hmm. you know but that's kind of what is giving the huge results in the end is the consistency isn't it yeah consistency is i think that if you look if you take a look at successful people all of them share this feature they are consistent they're disciplined um, sports language learning you name it they are consistent they do it every day right and that's what really counts well fantastic uh, and of course you've been teaching as well a lot uh, over the years have you seen any any differences in what the students have trouble with or has it been kind of consistent Absolutely. I've seen, well, I wouldn't talk about teaching with more. It's more training. I train people to, um, I give them the know-how they want to know, you know, when, what I think they, you approach people because if they know something, you don't, you see value in it. Right. Mm -hmm. So, um, I think that the reason people approach me is not because they want to know exactly my method, the so-called Luca method. It's because I, they want to know, most of them want to know, um, how to study that's true uh, but also how to organize their 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 time schedule um, and I think the difficulty nowadays is more about is not so much about the the know-how yeah obviously some people don't know have no clue as how do I approach a language but it's not difficult to tell is to train them and make them understand how to do that the problem is to um, how to incorporate this into their routine so you have to find a, an organization organic uh, view of their lives where where language learning just plays one role plays a role but it's in modern times i think it's very important to uh, understand what you can do with your time with your energy it's not just about a matter of time i always insist that time and energy are just one thing you will notice that when you speak when you're learning a language such as russian which is a very difficult language at the beginning it's it's an effort you make a lot of effort to understand well, if you've been learning that language for five years, it becomes and, and it becomes second nature. You don't spend that much. You can spend a lot of time, but with little energy. At the beginning, it's a lot of energy that you have to invest, and um, and you know time. You cannot if you try to spend ten hours a day, you're going to be exhausted at the end of the day. Well, at the at the end, 
when you, when you were advanced, you can be speaking, for example, with English in, in your case or in my case, you can you can be speaking English the whole day. You don't make you don't make any effort. It has become automatic. So uh, this is another factor. Uh, people talk about know-how. People talk about time, but also the energy and how to organize, how to dis- distribute that uh, that effort is also uh, paramount in uh, in language learning. So so you you would actually be more of a language coach than a, I mean you could say you're teaching how people how to learn but that that would be more of a coach <laughs> I guess this is this is how I define myself I'm not a language teacher I'm a language coach it's different right. and it, there's even a um, I found a recently a page a very interesting one I don't remember exactly the thread but I still remember that you had 10 points why a language coach is different from a language teacher and, and I was nodding all the time saying yeah that's the, she nailed it and the author said she nailed it that's exactly these are exactly the differences between a language coach and a language teacher. I believe and I abide by the principle that you cannot teach uh, somebody a language. Right. You can lead a horse to water. You can you can't make it drink, as they say, right? So nobody can teach you a language. You have to learn it by yourself. Um, I can train. I can give you motivation. I can tell you, you know, if you do these things, if you organize your time correctly, accordingly, you're going to succeed. But I cannot force them. They have to find motivation to learn themselves because we can chat once a week. We can have a training session once, maybe even twice a week. But what they do with the rest of their time is what really makes a difference in the long, in the short and in the wrong run. Right. You can't just throw Russian vocabulary at me and uh, expect it to stick. No, especially, especially the, the vocabulary. I, I don't know if you're using a um, paper vocabulary. I would avoid that by all means because it slows you down. You know, right. uh, I, would, I would use an online dictionary, even if I like, uh, I like, I still like paper. You can call me old fashioned, but I like uh, reading stuff on paper. But in the case of dictionary, you have to think that the main goal is to search for words and an online dictionary is by far faster than, a, than one. Yeah made of paper I mean even if you're quite fast at looking up a word you know it's seconds each time that just add up to a lot of minutes a lot of hours and in the long run exactly and think about imagine if you had to look for a um, a word in Japanese or <laughs> Chinese and you have to go by traits you know how that search is very very different than a normal search with a Latin alphabet it might take even 15 minutes if you don't know how to do it you know you can't imagine 15 minutes nowadays that everything is is faster and 15 minutes is like it's it's too much you know even one even one minute would be too much you have to be fast in searching for words you have to be fast in digesting it might take some time but some processes that's where the internet plays a huge role you have you can make you can be much faster and obviously this is uh, this is a big plus for language learners around the world yeah exactly and you can get more definitions so if you look up a, a word in a dictionary it might just give you the english translation on some of the words but what? if that might not make you understand exactly the, the extent of the word but if you look it up online they usually have a lot of space because you know you can print as many words on the internet as you want you're not cutting down a, a more trees um so that's another <laughs> plus right <laughs> well the trees are going to be happy about that but it's not just the trees that you're going to be happy it's also the fact that when you if you find this is another uh, I think important piece of advice find yourself a dictionary in which you have for example not only the meaning of the corresponding meaning of the word in a given language but also some examples because building a constellation 
correlation of elements around the word, meaning you just don't find the meaning of the word, but you also find a couple of examples or synonyms or things or like the way that word is used in different contexts. It's absolutely key to make it remember, like, to, to make it stick to your long-term memory. Our long-term memory works like a big network where the more elements you have around a single element, the more likely it is to stick or to be remembered or to be retrieved when you need it. You know, this is exactly how our language, uh, our native tongue works. We don't, even people who are supposed to have a bad memory, um, they speak their language well because it's a dynamic process. While they're talking, words fall into sentences that they're uttering and they're getting out of their mouths automatically. This is what happens when you speak a language well, a foreign language well, or when you speak your own native tongue very well. You don't think about words. They just come to you. And this is because uh, the memory and the way our memory uh, system is organized by associations, um, you know, it's like a network, like a spider web, I would call it. Exactly. And if you learn words accordingly, instead of learning just lists of words without a context, you learn how to put them in the bigger picture. That's when your learning is going to is gonna take off and you're going to remember more and more words. The re I don't believe people saying that you don't, you, that either you have a good memory or you have a bad one. If you had a very bad memory, I'm pretty sure you will not be able to speak your own native tongue. <laughs> you know? Right. So up to a certain level, it's true that there are individual differences. Some people speak um, faster. Some people remember things or like um, faces faces better. Uh, there is some difference, but you know, I believe I'm positive about the fact that everybody can become multilingual. And the reason why is because we have a learning machine installed in our skull, mm -hmm. you know, very efficient one. It's only the, when we don't learn um, that fast is because we're not giving our brain the right instructions. Right. And what would, what would be, you know, a quick, uh, what's the biggest small thing anyone could do if they're using An Anki Memorize or any kind of vocabulary help? What's the biggest thing they could do to boost it by tons? Is that just using that, that reference, that mental reference? Well, the, the best thing, some people say you should build, uh, I, this might sound contradictory. You can build some, you know, you can think about ideas, um, or you can think about some strange images to associate with that word or some strange situations. I think you're burdening your memory with that. What, you, what makes it strong, what makes, um, a, um, a given remembering a given word, the process, what makes it strong in your head is when you, um, when it becomes part of your life, when it becomes part of your experience or when emotions are involved, if you, um, use that word, that expression for some reason, if you find a way to use it on your daily life and there are countless ways in which you can do that, then it becomes second nature. The reason why in Russian, for example, um, I remember things better is because, um, for personal reasons, I've been learning Russian. Um, I've been speaking Russian on a, on a daily basis. And for a number of reasons, and the things that really were, I, I had a really struggle remembering, um, 
three, four years ago. Now they're absolutely, I, I told myself, how can I not memorize these things? It's just because I incorporated Russian into my daily routine. And this is like to communicate with other human beings or for personal reasons, for uh, personal needs. Like I'm reading, for example, a book about World War II. So all these words that were difficult to memorize at the beginning uh, are much easier because I've been invo emotionally involved with Operation Typhoon, all the things that happened with Hitler, for example, invaded Russia. All these words are not just um, barren words that you find out there and you want to remember for the sake of ex expanding your vocabulary. These are words that are part of an experience that I'm living with all these images of, um, you know, even morbid images of a war, uh, the, of the war that happened 70 years ago. To me, it is relevant because I, I'm very passionate about history and above all about World War II. And that's the reason why these words are sticking in a much easier way. They are they have become part of my life, so to say. Amazing. And and to those who are starting out in a language, obviously you can't read history books about in the target language just yet. Would, would you just say then, well, try to use uh, sentences with it and try to get, you know, talking on a Facebook chat or Skype group or whatever? Would that be a good alternative for beginners? It is a double it is a double process. It is a double step process. First, you have to read it in a certain way. It is not just the things that you read. Obviously, you have to read things that interest you, but it's how you read it. How in it, if you're passionate, if you're reading in a certain way, things will stick. If you read it just for the sake of reading another book, they're not going to stick first. And then you can find a way to use them in um, in real life, not necessarily with other human beings. You can write something about today I to to yourself, maybe have it corrected uh, you know you can write oh today i i really want to talk about you can write a list of these words that you that you have learned or you've seen on the book and then you want to write something about it today i uh, let's suppose that i learned 10 words i i found 10 words um of military origin because we're talking about the war then you will write something about i read this interesting chapter in which uh, hitler attacks russia and you have this um, advance of uh, soldiers and people who are hurt or dead and you and you're using these words okay I'm sorry for the morbid example but this is strong you know it doesn't have to be everything doesn't have to be perfect and is and, and nice it can be things that interest you and even shock you uh, in a way but they have to have they have to be strong feelings towards what you're learning this is what counts you know and and the way you do it the way you see these things the way you read them first and then the way you talk about them first not to another not to another human being necessarily but also to yourself does count in the way these words uh, get set in stone so to say they get inside your memory and they stay there yeah wow man i'm so uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm, my brain is spinning from this uh, this uh... <laughs> you're gonna think about it for the next week <laughs> yeah, it's fantastic you know uh, time has been flying as always and i just want to thank you so much for for taking the time and i think we we covered a lot of of interesting topics that we don't that i don't get to cover too often so, so i just want to say thank you so much for coming on and and also for you know hanging out in in copenhagen that was a ton of fun thank you for inviting me and thank you for the time uh, 
in Copenhagen. I think I'll I'll be back soon. Maybe, maybe not in winter because <laughs> I think I think it might be a little bit cold, but possibly next year because I really I, I really like Copenhagen and we can hang around and talk about languages and stuff. It might I might even um, speak as I might have a smattering of Danish by that time. But like the other time, we can simply speak me in Swedish and you answering in Danish or in English. <laughs> that works. <laughs> All right, okay. Cool. podcast for more information be sure to check out actualfluency.com until next time enjoy learning and have a great day